You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you're challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So fortunately, we are in a position that we have gotten some type of there's a big question mark there, um, finality to the election, which for a lot of people has felt like sitting with bated breath. And if nothing else, 2020 has been a lot. And with quarantine and the social uprisings and all of the multiple things that have happened, I think it's important to kind of create some space to go back and say, hmm, all that happened. And now this is kind of where I am. So I'm bringing someone to you today that I want to have some dialogue with you so you can kind of hear what this looks like. Uh, I want you to hear about, you know, we talk a lot about imperfect allyship and what does that look like for someone, you know, when you're actually in life and these things are attached to actions and feelings and, you know, what does that look like? What does that feel like? How does that, how does that lay itself out at your feet almost? And so I want to have some dialogue today about what does it look like almost six months later uh, as an imperfect ally. And I'm going to have this lovely young lady introduce herself, ladies and gentlemen, and those that are non-binary, Kelsey Murphy. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on, Erica. I really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Now, for anyone that is not familiar with you, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Kelsey Murphy. I am a business and life coach. Um, uh, my background it has nothing to do with coaching at all. I was uh, in marketing and advertising for a long time and uh, decided, you know, very early on that this was not the right 
calling or path for me, but stayed in that job kind of forever, what felt like forever, because uh, I didn't know what the next steps were. Um, I was really concerned about taking the right next steps or being stranded on the island of like, oh, no, I made a mistake. And now now what do I do? Um, so I, I slowly but surely made my way into um, coaching and through that process, kind of learned a process, like literally learned a formula for how to allow myself to check in with my gut. Um, make better decisions, um, embrace kind of like these amateur imperfect beginnings so we could kind of expedite ourselves um, to a place that, you know, was allowing us to build a life that we want, a business that we want. I mean, I never thought I would ever have my own business. Um, And now here I am as a business coach teaching people how to start businesses. Um, And I work a lot with uh, women entrepreneurs that are starting that journey. So really in the first one, one to five years. Um, I work a lot with Marie Forleo, who I love and adore and uh, is a dear friend of mine. And I go in and I coach a lot of her B-schoolers. So those people that are um, starting their entrepreneur journey or have started it and are just really looking to kind of move the needle and simplify and focus. Um, I mean, I've also been so lucky to uh, work with people like Facebook and Twitter and go in and coach a lot of their um, folks in there and and their evolution to do more things that they love, to find their passion, to find their calling. Um, and I've been featured and in, in, I've been very grateful to have been featured in places like Forbes and Business Insider, Huffington Post, those kinds of things. But I think the thing that I'm probably most proud about is um, is my podcast. Um, and that was such a labor of love. Um, and I w- I'm, a, I'm very much an introvert. Um, I'm a coach by nature. Um, I don't like putting a ton of stuff out into the world. Um, and when I started my podcast, it was really meant to be kind of these little audio files for my uh, little girl, McKenna, at the time. And I have two little girls now, but uh, I wanted to start talking to her about what life was like for mom at this age, you know, and how I uh, how I got through really hard times, how I went through the highs and lows. And through that, I talk about how you navigate the waters of work and life as a mom running a business who also wants to, you know, a part of me wants to be a stay-at-home mom. The other part of me wants to be like flying first class. And so how do you, how do, you <laughs> do both of those things, right? It's like, I'm a feminist, but I also am a traditionalist. Like, I like to iron my husband's clothes, but I also like to have like, you know, my own bank account for champagne, you know, so it's like trying to navigate those two worlds and accepting those different parts of you um, and how they're going to show up. And so I just started a podcast talking about that stuff. And that podcast, uh, which I started in my closet, you know, and this this teeny tiny little thing has turned into this this crazy top ranked podcast that has like tripled my income and done all of these amazing things for me and introduced me to like some of my heroes, my entrepreneurial heroes. Um, and so I've lately been teaching other people how to start their podcast and, and do something they really care about and how that can evolve into their business, but also can be a little bit of a legacy for them, something that they really love and cherish and get to pass on to their kids. So, you know, it's been, it's been a, it's a wild, wild ride starting with like, I'm going to be in marketing and like, as the assistant's assistant, assistant, like bringing everyone coffee <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, finding out what kind of my calling was and what my passion was and then learning how to do that and like starting over and building that business. And, and I'm just so grateful and, and very, feel very lucky to be where I'm at right now. And so it's really fun to be able to take other people on that journey and teach them how to do that. You know? Well, you mentioned a couple of things that I want to make sure that I um, bring attention to. 
because I think what happens sometimes is sometimes people listen to, you know, anything that is about DEI or anything that is about um, anti-racism and they automatically assume that this has to be a specific type of person that operates in this kind of way and this is what they believe in. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that you don't have to be this cookie cutter of a person in this specific way that only operates in this way in order to do this work. Because you mm. mentioned, like, you know, you're a traditionalist and someone that's like, I'm going to iron your clothes and I want my own bank account. These can very easily feel like conflicting views that someone can say, well, how do these coexist in the same body, let, it, let alone in the same household or person? Mm-hmm. And so I find it really important as we kind of begin this to set the stage for everyone that having this conversation about engaging in work around anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and just basically saying, I want to do and be better is not relegated to you having, you don't have to be a Democrat. You don't have to be a woman. You know, you, you don't have to be a white woman. Like this work is for any and everyone. And it doesn't have a prerequisite that you have to check these boxes in order to be there. Mm, I love that. And and I actually really appreciate you saying that because I think that sometimes it can feel um, intimidating to step into the world that feels so big, right? The, the world of what does it mean to be an ally? What does it mean to be an anti-racist? Like stepping into those worlds feels so big and intimidating. And um, and quite frankly, if you are a white woman who is not having to deal with things on a day-to-day basis that other people like a, a black woman would have to deal with, it's, it's easier for you to just take a step back and kind of turn a little bit of a blind eye and just be like, you know what? I got to focus on getting food on the table for my kids. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to focus on these things, right? It's easy to do that. But I feel like when you raise your hand and we have these open conversations about like, of course, it's easier to do that. But we want to let you know that you don't have to be perfect, right? Like you don't have to give up every single dollar in your bank account to, um, to fund this movement. But what if you gave up a little bit? Right. What if we started here? What if we just did one thing today um, instead of feeling like you had to do eight things today? Right. And then what if you did two things tomorrow? And then what if you did three things the next day? And then as you continually chunk up and evolve, for me, that feels so much more doable. I now have an internal dialogue of you can do this. Like it's a hopeful keep going. It's going to be hard. But I feel like when when it feels too big or you feel like you're not the type of person built to do that. Right. Or you kind of characterize yourself as someone else, um, then it's just kind of a non-starter. You're like, I'm just going to go on with my day because I can't envision what my life would look like doing that. So it's so important to me, not only that you call that out, but also for me to like re-internalize that, you know? Absolutely. And so this is where I want to really focus on, you know, what this has looked like for you and what it's felt like for you to be in this place of, um, stepping into imperfect allyship in a little bit of a different way, because I think even for those that maybe were doing the work before um, the murder of George Floyd sparked a different type of social response to this, because he was not the first black man to have been murdered on film, sadly, um, by law enforcement. However, things were very different this time. And so being able to talk about what that has looked and felt like, I think is is really important right now as we are 
at this point of being toward the end of 2020 and kind of deciding for ourselves, you know, what is this going to look like? Uh, what's next? And how am I going to step into this? I think that having that dialogue around is, around it is important. And at the same time, I think it's very important to anchor it in that bigger than self, why? And the thing that, you know, really stands out so often to me about how you show up on social and, you know, through your podcast, um, Whiskey and Work, is the fact that um, it's, like, first of all, you talk about your your two daughters. And so I think that when those of us um, that have children or children that we are in some way, shape, or form involved in fostering, you know, their upbringing, mm-hmm. they're a huge part of it. But, you know, I think it is important to kind of re-anchor in what's that larger than self? Why? And so what what kind of would that be for you with where you want to go with your allyship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that's uh, that's a good question. I feel like uh, for me, this has been such an interesting uh, journey and evolution of of uh, feeling empowered and motivated, um, and angry and shameful and confused and disheartened. Right? I feel like um, there it, it's, and I think everyone's going through that right now in diff- on different levels, right? In different ways, um, at, at different times, right? Um, it's kind of like, I feel like when, when everything with the pandemic happened, there was a lot of grieving that was happening um, for a lost life, you know, a, just a lost experience, um, lost family members, like things that ha- happened and everyone's cycle of grief was different, right? So it's like one person may be coming to terms with something where someone else is in the middle of anger, where someone else is in the middle of denial. Um, so I've been noticing, trying to be really aware of my feelings throughout this process, because sometimes um those feelings trigger a sense for me of retreat, right? And I want to retreat a little bit. Um, and one of the big things that uh, that kind of catapults me back into not retreating um, is thinking about my little girls, you know, and and thinking about the world that they're going to be in. And um, it's, you know, I, I, I am white. My husband is white. Um, my two little girls are white. And, uh, so for me, the conversation with my children is going to be very different than the conversation with your children. And the sense of responsibility that I feel is, is different, right? The conversations I'm having with them are trying to educate them on what, uh, what life is like for other people and what our role is in standing up for those people and like what our what kind of people who do we want to be as a family when we see people that are not being treated right when we see people that um, don't have opportunities and try to understand why they don't have those opportunities you know without just um, taking uh, making any assumptions or judgments um, looking at histories looking at humans and and the psychology behind the way different people are, the environments that they grow up in, what's happened for the last hundreds of years, um, what's contributed to this, and um, and what role can we play in making this better? And how do we do that actionably as a family? That for me, that like it like almost makes me uncomfortable. It gives me chills and kind of makes me choke up a little bit because it's such a, a a gift to be able to have that conversation with your kid. It's such 
it's such a privilege, right? Um, and it's such an opportunity. It's an opportunity to make your life more significant. Um, so from a selfish perspective, like it's, it's a beautiful opportunity that I have with my children from um, a perspective of like what role, um, like how much help can I do here? Um, it's, it's letting me know that the impact that I can have goes way further than just what I can do on my podcast, right? Like what I'm doing um, in my email with my email subscribers, what I'm doing in sc- for scholarships or for my, my team. Like it's so much bigger than that. It's, it's how can you create something that is going to withstand time and generation after generation because what I create, the values and the mindset that I can create with my family um, will ripple effect as she starts to have conversations with with her peer group and as she starts to have her own family. And I feel like um, making sure that that is a constant in our life, not just a fleeting afterthought is just, it's really important, you know? It is. And I think part of what I'm hearing is just that place of having different types of conversations. And I'll speak for myself in this part that I didn't have growing up some of the different levels of context. Um, I didn't have those, you know, where I grew up with a mother that had experienced a ton of racism and was actively experiencing it. Um, when I was a child to me now being in a place of actually doing work that does address race as well as a number of other things and having these conversations with my kids, it, raises children that are in, that are aware in a very different way. It puts these little people in a position to create society fr- from a much different uh, level of awareness and activity than, you know, again, for myself, I was kind of given. That does not mean that people that grew up in my age demographic didn't receive that. But I do think that right now there are people that are having conversations with young kids in ways that wasn't necessarily considered uh, 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 the norm or a standard before. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something really important and really pivotal about that and what the contribution is that we're making to the world through the legacy that we're passing on through our children with dialogue, with actions, with the perceptions that we open them up to be aware of. Yeah. Oh my, uh, yeah, a million percent. And I feel like uh, making it something that's uh, a something that's consistent for me is uh, really important and also very much a struggle because um, everyone's going through a lot right now. Like this 2020 has just thrown everyone like sideways, you know, like life is just genuinely harder right now. There are more variables, outside variables that we're having to juggle, right? Like there's just more illness. Like there's more things that you have to be aware of from like a livelihood standpoint. And so, so being able to operate in a, in a more difficult world while still being consistent with a really important conversation that has to do with who you are as humans and as a family, I think it's just, it's just so important. And it's important to have the dialogue internally, like as an individual, as a mom, me to, it's important that I am continuously giving myself more hope and more confidence saying like, you're not doing all you can, but that's okay. Keep going, like, keep going. Like you, you like, and I feel like, um, there are moments where I'm, I am really hard on myself or I see things that other people are doing or they're not doing. And I feel frustrated and, um, and then I feel shameful and it's, it's recognizing that you can feel those things and still continue to move forward. Like you can feel them and you can pivot 
and you can feel them and do something strong with them. And so that's been like such a new experience, I think, with the craziness of the pandemic. And as a mom, each I feel like I'm I'm learning how to be a mom, right? Like I, I don't know what it's like to be a mom with two young kids. Like um every season that these kids grow and and I learn how to handle teething, you know, I'm learning how to handle toddler tantrums, right? Like, so it's like, there's like life that you're trying to deal with. And, um, this new, I feel like movement, um, and I know it's not really a new movement, but the big wave and the big push that has happened in the last six months or so has been really helpful in reminding me how much I want this to be a day-to-day part of our conversation. I want it to just, just to be like such a no-brainer that like these are the conversations we have in our family. These are the places that we donate to in our family. These are the things that we do on a daily basis. This is how we treat people when we see them. This these are the things that we participate in, you know, like that's just part of of who we are. Um and and it, it's just really important to to me to make that like consistent, you know? And so you mentioned a few other things there that I, that actually lead into the other question that I had, which is the fact that doing any of this kind of work, not just about what you yourself are, are going through and experiencing, but also again, this foundation that you are really creating for your daughters and how you just simply want them to be able to, watch and listen and participate in life in a very different way than kind of what we were told this is how you do it and I think that in doing that yes those those moments that can sometimes feel like imposter syndrome can come up the not enoughness I'm not doing enough I'm not this I'm not that and sometimes it for some people can lead to exhaustion or burnout because you push 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 and you don't take care of yourself and so I think that it is important to remember that in doing um, any type of anti-racism and or DEI efforts, that it is a marathon, not a sprint. So it's not about how fast can you run now? Like this is a long game thing. And with that, when you are doing this in tandem and in support of someone else, I think that you are trying to give them support, but it is also really important to acknowledge what do you keep for yourself? Because I thoroughly believe in how do you put your own oxygen mask on first? Because I think when you're going to be in a place of being a wife, a mother, a a podcast host, a business owner, all these things, a coach, just being Kelsey, you know, Kelsey has to take care of Kelsey and then Kelsey has something to give. And there has to be some type of um, balance that is created between what you give and what you keep for yourself. So Mm -hmm. how do you kind of navigate that space of, you know, what you give and what you need to keep in order to maintain being a whole human being. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a good question because I feel like, especially as moms, we're so hard on ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and also like in, in my world, I'm in like kind of the personal development world, right? Like we are constantly wanting to be better. Like that's like the whole, the whole idea is that you're constantly evolving. You're constantly, um, you know, working to be a better person, to be better in your business, to set more goals, to achieve, 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 um, which is so great. Like we should always be wanting to evolve and be better. Um, but throughout that process, one of the big things that I notice with myself, with a lot of 
my clients is that there's a consistent internal dialogue of um, needs improvement, right? Like here's where you yeah. need to be better. Here's where here's more you can do. Um, it's like you get to the end of the day as like a crazy day in the pandemic, right? And you are immediately writing down all the things that you didn't accomplish that day, right? You look at your to-do list that was like, you know, 20 things and you only got three of them done. So you're immediately like closing the day out by writing down, these are all the things I need to do first thing tomorrow to catch up, right? Like, so all of a sudden this internal dialogue is just constantly focusing on what you need to continue to do to be better, all the things that you're not doing. And 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 that's a real weakness for me. It's something I've always always had to work on. And so, um, when I see that in my clients, I just I I can empathize like so deeply. Um, and that has shown up for me a lot. It's actually it showed up a lot more in the beginning um, for me in this conversation about what does it mean for you to be an ally? What does that mean with your family? What does that mean for yourself? What does that mean for your business? Um, you know, w- what does that work look like? Um, and in the beginning, it felt very disheartening because, you know, like you you think that you're doing all this great stuff. You think you're absolutely an anti-racist and, and an ally. And then once you start to educate yourself a little bit more, you recognize how much you're actually not doing or even worse, how much you're doing to kind of turn a blind eye and be complicit in ways that you didn't even understand. And there's a shame and guilt that happens. So in the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, I want to do so much because I recognize how much I actually haven't done. And um, and there was a bit of burnout, right? And, and I think I saw that with a lot of people in the very beginning of this big push six months ago is like there was this huge wave of wanting to to help and be part of this this positive conversation. And then and then it got hard, right? And then it got difficult and then it got complicated. And then people got burnt out and they kind of stopped, you know, and they got really quiet and they just went mm-hmm. along business as usual, right? And yep. Um, and I almost think that's the worst thing that could happen, right? Like the worst thing that could happen is that you think that you've done this huge thing and then you feel burnt out and you ignore it. Cause I think deep down, if you were part of this big wave in the beginning, if you did anything to be part of this big wave in the beginning, there was something inside of you that said, this is important. Like this is important and I want to do something about it. But then it got hard. Right. And mm-hmm. then you didn't know what to do. Um, and so you stopped, um, which I think it happened to a lot of people. And it, it admittedly happened to me, especially internally. Um, and so I had to figure out, OK, um, I almost had to like say, what is your short term strategy and what is your long term strategy? Because in the short term, there's things I think that you're immediately like, these things are wrong. I need to fix them now. It's kind of like that sprint in the beginning, right? Um, But if it just stops there, then... um you don't have your long-term strategy. Like, you know, like it's kind of like if, if you want to start a business or you want to, you know, make more money or you want to lose weight, you know, like you can have a great sprint in the beginning, you know, like you can have all the passion and the energy and excitement and all the good intentions. But if it stops there, then it's not going to be your lifestyle. You know, like you're not going to actually have a business, right? You're not going to actually be healthy. You're not going to actually be an ally if you only have a short-term strategy. So it's like, what's a sustainable 
long-term strategy. And a lot of that for me had to do with having a positive internal dialogue and recognizing the things that I was doing. Because if I could recognize like, hey, Kelsey, you're not doing a lot, but you did do this one thing. You did reach out to have a conversation with this one person, right? Like you did have a conversation with your husband about it the other night. You did have a conversation with your friends about it the other night. Like um, if I could write those things down and recognize just as I have to do as a mom, like, yeah, like you didn't, you didn't do everything for your kid this morning. You forgot her lunch, you know, like you did, mm-hmm. like you screamed at her eight times, like there, but you also laughed with her eight times, you know, you also combed her hair and, and put on an outfit that made her feel happy. Like you also played a fun song for her. Like if you can recognize the things that you're doing well, it gives you enough motivation to do more tomorrow. And that's the long-term strategy, right? It's to wake up the next day and want to keep going and learn learning what it means to be an anti-racist, learning what it means to be an ally. It's having enough of that, you know, that drive and that resilience to, to say, I'm not perfect. I'm not doing everything I can, but I'm going to keep going because I am doing a good job. Right. And I care about this. And so I think if you can manage that internal dialogue, like, like in this world for me of like what I'm trying to do here, but also as a mom, as a business owner, as someone who's trying to just move forward, if you can manage that and recognize at the end of the day, all the things that you actually are doing really well, you'll wake up the next morning motivated and with the stamina to continue showing up as a person that you want to do, be, you know, to continue following through on those goals um, with whatever those goals are for you, you know? So it's recognizing how am I going to bed? Like what is conversation I'm having with myself? What am I focusing on? And how is that helping me to wake up the next morning ready to keep going, you know? And I think what you're referencing in its different iterations is imperfect allyship because it's not perfect. It's not even about being perfect. It is about simply being in action, but it's also about recognizing like, yes, this wasn't perfect. However, this was what I did. And I'm not acknowledging what I did wrong from a place of like, oh, I did this wrong, but from a place of like, okay, how can I do this differently the next time? How can I maybe give myself a little more time where, and and this is, you know, self-confessed, this is where I, I don't kind of miss the going to school thing in the morning because that is sometimes a painful thing. <laughs> and it, it gets hard. And when that happens and I am feeling, you know, shitty about how I, how I handled it or how I maneuvered in that moment, it's like, okay, and... I was able to take my children to a place where they were able to get um, education for free in an organized environment. And I knew that they would be safe. They had food that they would eat. I knew that they would be safe. Mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, they were they were able-bodied. And literally this year, from a from a standpoint of going to school and, and not, you know, getting sick from it, other than the normal germy stuff that kids do, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, you you were going to be well being Mm -hmm. there and knowing that, you know, there's this continuing opportunity to be better. And that at the end of the day, no matter how difficult it might've been, they knew that I loved them, Mm -hmm. period. And Mm -hmm. so there was that opportunity there to be able to acknowledge what was done well and an opportunity to be better. And honestly, that's kind of the whole purpose of everything. And somehow or another, again, I've, I've mentioned this many, many times to people, somehow when it comes time to be an ally, that disconnects. And they're like, oh, well, I have to be perfect. And it's like, nope, 
didn't ask for that, not, not expecting that, and don't set yourself up for failure by expecting that either. And so being able to acknowledge where the possibility is to do the best you can in that moment and acknowledge, okay, and what's next? Like that's yes. such an important piece. And so that, mm. you know, does lead to that place of, you know, what does it mean to be in action? You know, kind of what's what's coming next? Because again, this these past six months or so were part of a year that I don't think anybody's going to be sad to see it go. So mm -hmm. <laughs> the question is kind of, you know, what what is next? You know, what does continuing your imperfect allyship look like? You know, what does support um, look like for you? What does, again, staying whole look like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a good question. And man, I just, I, I think about where, where I was in the very beginning of this, uh, you know, this big push and this big wave of, of conversation that was happening, especially on social media. And, um, and when I really sat down and I'm like, this is going to be my short-term strategy and this is going to be my long-term strategy. And, um, just in the last few weeks revisiting that, like what, did, like, cause it's like, I wrote it down, right. There's like a Google doc. That's like, this is my short-term strategy. This is what I can do quickly. Um, and this is what I, I want to do long-term and this is how I will do it. And, um, I feel like this is very much like how I do my business planning, right? It's like you put something on paper, you start to chunk away at it, and then you look at it in six months and you recognize how much has changed, right? And you have to reset, right? And um, for me, so I always, uh, for my business, when I'm planning my business, I do this three-year manifesto and I look at like, what do I want life to be like in three years? And I sit down and I envision I'm three years older. My kids are all three years older. Like, what does our house look like? What does life look like? And uh, and what's the ideal look like, right? Like what if you, if you made everything happen that you would want to happen, what does that look like? Um, and then that's how I start to chunk my goals down and pl literally plan my weeks, like based off what I want that manifesto, what I want that three-year life to look like, how does how does that affect what I'm doing on a daily basis? Because I feel like the, our most overwhelm comes from like, what, what do I do this week? You know, what do I focus on to really move the needle? Like, what are the needs to happen versus the wants to happen? Like, um, and for me, if I look at that three-year manifesto, I really close my eyes and I look at it. Like often it's very small things, you know, like I want to be laughing with my husband still, you know, I want to be laughing with my children. I want to have lunches with my best friends. I want to be part of these things, right? Like I, I it's, it's very experiential. Like, so what does that mean for my business? You know, well, I want my business to have a team of this many people. I want this amount of income coming in passively a month, right? I want my podcast to be connecting with these kinds of humans. Um, so I, I look at it like that. So for me, when I, I was, I was doing a lot of this work as to what, what does this, what does this new world look like where I am prioritizing being an ally, prioritizing being an anti-racist in all of my imperfect form, um, I really thought about what does that look like in three years? Like, 
what does that look like for your team from a business perspective, right? Like, what does that look like for uh, the voices that you're amplifying on your podcast, right? Like, what does that look like for where some of my money is being donated to? What does that look like with, um, like, how does, like, I have a four-year-old little girl right now, like, right? Like, how does she talk about this kind of stuff at at seven years old, right? At seven years old, what have we talked about enough that's a no-brainer for her that she says, this is what our family believes. And I started to envision what that would look like in three years for me, right? So for me, it has a lot to do with uh, with, with my family for sure and like personal things for me. Um, but from a business perspective as well, um, for me, it has, I think I'll have a lot of work on what my team could look like because um, I don't really have much of a team right now. I've been operating with myself and like my assistant and just contractors, um, a ton of contractors. And now my business has, has grown exponentially in the last six months. Like, you know, with this whole crazy pandemic, like um, everyone's at home. And everyone wants to start a podcast and they want to start their own business. And so I've gotten a ton of traction the last six months. And so with that, uh, my team will be growing a lot in the next six months. And so now there's this opportunity to create um, this space on my team to have these uh, like... uh, to be furthering this dream of what I want in three years, which looks like elevating and amplifying like opportunity and space for a lot of these incredible black women that I know that um, have incredible skills. And and I want them to come be a part of something significant and um, incredible so that they can then bring other black women underneath them to show them and mentor them within like my company. Like that would be the dream, right? Like I have these dreams that I would love to see what like my team looks like when we're all on Zoom calls, like what the the different colors of all those faces are, right? Like the different backgrounds and the histories and understanding those things. Like, and it's like, I have these dreams and then I get very intimidated by them. And it's like, you don't have to do it tomorrow. Like you just have to set yourself up for that. That has to be part of your marathon. That has to be something you're so dedicated to that it's just, it's, it's going to happen, right? Like it is on your to-do list. So you are now looking at how do, how does how does that look from an interviewing process standpoint, right? Like, what do you need to know? What are the conversations and the trainings you need to start having with people that join on your team? Like, is there a statement you need to be making? Like, do you need to reevaluate the guests on your podcast, right? It's like small things that build up to a longer term strategy. And there's still so much work that for me to be doing. But from like a business perspective, that is what I hope for. That is that is part of something I want, like um, in the trenches on my to do list, not as a nice lofty dream, but something that is literally getting plugged into my my calendar on like a weekly basis, you know. So first of all, thank you for being transparent and vulnerable in, in when it comes to this, because it is not an easy thing, number one, to hold space for visualizing what you want in, you know in the, the months and years coming up. And it is another to, to, to share that. And so for that, I just, I want to say thank you because you're modeling what's possible and that it, it, it's not about it, you know, being a, a perfect practice to even figure that out, but that it's still possible to, to dream bigger and to hold space for opportunity and possibility and just, you know, what can happen. And, just to give people some the the tangible things to acknowledge like i mean you mentioned 
you know, give back components. Like, you know, how are you um, giving money and supporting, you know, causes or individuals or um, things that matter to you? Um, conversations with your family, with your, your daughters. Um, the makeup of your team, amplifying, you know, opportunities and, and visibility and the reach of these uh, diverse women and people that do different things and that are, are experts in what they do and don't necessarily need a handout, just, you know, an opportunity to open a door for somebody else that can change some things from them. And, you know, what does it look like to work on things like who are the guests that I'm having on my podcast? What are statements that I have for how we operate and what matters to this? And all of these things, like you mentioned, they do lead up to having a strategy because the, the visualization needs to happen in order for you to hold space for possibilities. And then what do you do with it? You know, how do you then create a strategy that is about the long game of how does this happen? Who supports me to get here? You know, what is it that I need, whether it's, it's a person, a resource, a platform, whatever it is that gets you there and being able to understand that this is not something that as much as sometimes it may feel like it needs to happen now, you can't do it all now. Mm -mm. But, you know, but at the same time, there's this space that I want to do it and I'm dedicated to the long game. So what do I need to do in order to make that happen? What do I need to do in order to set this example for my daughters and, you know, other people, you know, in the industry that are watching me of what this can look like? You know, yes. you're modeling what this can be. And there's something really powerful about that because it's not just, you know, oh, yeah, you too can do this. It's like, no, I'm showing you and I'm also showing you how, this, you know, I'm not perfect at this and you don't have to be either. You just have to keep moving mm -hmm. and to, to, to do that and to not shut down because, again, I can't do all this now. And what does that mean? Or, oh, I can't immediately, you know, open my Zoom and, and see the type of um, diversity in the makeup of my team or the people that I'm working with immediately. And, you know, I'm not going to let that shut me down. There is mm -hmm. something very powerful about saying I am willing to hold space for what might very well feel damn near impossible in this moment. And I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. Because I look at that dream and that vision and I'm so inspired by it and also so damn overwhelmed, you know, like, and yeah. that's, that's how you know it's a good vision, right? It's like, you should feel that way about your business. You should feel that way about what you want for your family. Like when you look at that thing and it feels so exciting, but also you are like, how am I going to get from where I'm at now to that place? Like, and that's where support comes in, right? Like, just like you said, mm -hmm. I feel like from a business perspective, I never never be able to get to where I want to be in three years if I didn't have my own business coach, like my own mastermind, my own group of supporters, people that I was having constant conversations with, right? Like, and it's the same thing I feel like for these other parts of your vision, you know, like there, there's these huge gaps and can you DIY and bootstrap it? You can, but it might be painful and it might take a lot longer than you want. And through that process, you lose confidence because you're like, why is this so hard? And it's like, oh man, you just got to get the right support. People that can expedite that learning for you. People that have a perspective and can show you very quick, quickly where the blind spots are. You know, like I feel like that support is so key when it comes to um, areas where there's a big gap, but you feel really inspired to get to that place, you know? 
Well, and what you said was an important piece of it in the sense of you don't always know what it is that is is sight unseen, maybe, or what it is that you're unaware of. And you can't always figure that out by staying in a, in a, in a silo or an echo chamber and trying to figure it out by yourself. And there is a place, I think, in any business to where like you may have to figure out some of these things a little bit more on your own or with a little bit less support. But when the opportunity does present itself and you can do things differently, it absolutely changes it. And that also speaks to the fact of if you know that you can provide some of that support to others and how that could really propel them to where it is that they want to be and likely quicklier. I'm quicklier. Quicklier is not a word, people. Quicker. (laughs) I know what you mean by it. I'm like, I want quicklier. Yes, I'll take it. (laughs) So, I mean, I think there's something to acknowledge when it's like, I see how this has helped me. I know that I haven't always been at this place. And how can I, you know, almost kind of pay it forward and give this to someone else so that they can experience what this type of support and what this type of um, network you know, can, can feel like, because it is very different to walk across the tightrope knowing that you have somebody down there holding the net for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very, very different. So I want you Kelsey to tell everybody a little bit of also where they can find you, because I think you've talked a lot about what you're doing and I'm sure that people are very interested in just learning more about you and seeing where you are and being able to be there and and cheering you on because so much of what we do here is about cheering each other on and knowing that there are people out there that are doing their work as well and they genuinely want to see you succeed. So where can our listeners find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, first off, just for having me on and for allowing me to be part of your community because I just love what you're doing. I'm a huge supporter and um, and I'm I'm super pumped to have you on my podcast as well. So um, I'm, I'm so grateful for this time and just for, for being part of this. It's really important and um, I feel very lucky. So thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And uh, if people want to come over, they can find me at KelseyMurphy.com um, or they can find me on Instagram. They can see me and my uh, two crazy munchkins and my husband running around um, on Instagram. They can find me at Kelsey Murphy and um, and come say hello. Come pop into my DMs. Let me know that that you heard me on this podcast and would be happy to talk and continue a dialogue and um yeah, I would would love, love, love to stay connected um, and continue to have this conversation, especially as I'm learning and growing over the next many years. Um, and I know a lot of other people are as well. So I'm happy to be in a community that's doing it together. Amazing. Again, so grateful to have you here. And I am grateful for your transparency and sharing with people your vision and where you're going and a little bit of where it came from. And um, again, Thank you for just participating in the dialogue today. Thank you. Thank you. Examining your beliefs, questioning your predisposed notions, considering the realities you're unfamiliar with, knowing that they're real. There's not much that we won't talk about here. It's because we want you to know that it's safe to talk about it and you don't have to do it on your own. We talk candidly so that we can open minds and hearts to different ways of thinking, feeling, and being. We want to bridge the gaps that contribute to fostering empathy. Pause on the play is about the things that matter, the things we all need, 
the things we all look for. Diversity, equity, inclusion. These are only just a few of the things that we are here in support of and seek to amplify. We're here to get you challenging those assumptions, shattering those expectations, and stepping into the light of your own visibility. Share it with a friend, get them to step in with you. Know that you can do this, and until the next time. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?